Hello, and welcome to another episode of May the Power Protect You podcast, a podcast where we talk about everything that goes on with Power Rangers, including TV mm-hmm. show, uh, comic books, uh, board games, toys, as always. Uh, and I am your one of your hosts, Joel, and with me is... I'm a host too, Kevin. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Put yes. the J button in right there. Go ahead, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Whatever. We have fun. <laughs> we have fun here. Uh, and today yes. is Saturday, October 3rd. Uh, we um, are just starting the month of October with a lot of fun things that we get to discuss today. Um, but as mm-hmm. always, before we get started into that, um, we once again want to highlight and you know state boldly, mm-hmm. we stand in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, yes. And we encourage all of our listeners to find a way that you can help, uh, you know, whether that's mm-hmm. donating money to bail funds or to the mm-hmm. victims of police brutality uh, or police violence uh, or, you know, signing petitions, you know, you marching, whatever you feel that you can do, find a way that you can help out. Make sure this is heard. Make sure that people understand because this is not going away. No, ma'am. Uh, right. So with that said... Uh, we'll kind of get started with today's episode news. Uh, first and foremost, we've got news about Dido Fury that is kind of causing, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting and causing debates across the fandom because every time I see this post come up, it's a bunch of people arguing. Um, so, do you know exactly what the release is? It's it's a thing from like the production studio, which is E1 for Hasbro. There, it's their mm-hmm. television production studio. They release like a listing that apparently that is done yearly. And it shows yeah. their uh, shows that are in production, and it has a yeah. listing of episode numbers, right? That's my understanding. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so typically in the past, um, the company will release what they are actively working on. Okay. Um, and the reason why this is generating a lot of buzz, so the buzz is, is that it lists Power Rangers. Um, I think it I think it mentions Dino Fury by name. And it mentions um, 44 episodes by 21 or 22 minutes. Um, in the past, when they were producing yearly, like, you know, here's, for example, when they did Dino Charge for the second half, Dino Supercharge, they did um, 22 by 22 or something like that, like however many minutes it was. Yeah. So this is kind of a big deal because it's pointing to the fact that there's potential that Dino Fury could be, because an important thing to remember is for our listeners, the Nick contract does run out next year. So they've extended it and extended it. Um, it's possible that an extension could still come. But for the most part, the Nickelodeon contract is done unless something is renewed next year um, to air Power Rangers. So a lot of fans where they haven't heard anything about an extension are thinking, oh, well, okay, so is Dino Fury going to be a shorter season? Is like, is there something going on? So the fact that this has popped up means that potentially we could have 44 episodes of Dino Fury airing in 2021. Um, so we don't know. All we know is that this does confirm that Dino Fury will be the traditional length that most series have been for the past decade of 44 episodes. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting. I think on one hand, um, I don't know. I don't know what could happen. We could be seeing all the episodes air next year. I'm thinking that, you know, Hasbro is just planning ahead and then they'll drop like next year. Oh, Nickelodeon is renewing our contract for five more years. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, what I'd be curious about is has anyone found what the Beast Morphers version of this was by any chance or no? Um, 
I, I don't know for sure. I think I think it was similar. I think because they did it yearly because like they didn't. Okay, so it was the twenty two so, by twenty two. Or, or, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, because because Dino Supercharge, which was the second half, it was listed as twenty two by twenty two. Yeah. So yeah. they listed it by halves. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I I don't think we're going to get all forty four episodes next year. Um, yeah. But it does beg the question: like, will Hasbro renew of Nick? Will they change things up? Um. I think, you know, Hasbro's got a lot of options. They do. Yeah. Um, and I would be curious to see if we get a change. Um, I would hesitate caution to fans to assume that this means the end of the Power Rangers series. Like, it doesn't <laughs> necessarily mean that, so we're going to say that right now. What are you um, talking about, Kevin? It's always the end of the Power Rangers. Every time. <laughs> no, that's Super Sentai you're thinking about. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. Always yeah, low toy so, sales, always bad ratings. Exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think that it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah. I do, I don't know. I, I actually would like us to go back to having all the season air in one year. I think that would actually be a lot better. Yeah. Um, it would make it would make the hiatus a lot more bearable, um, to be honest, because there's 52 weeks out of the year, so they got to air them all at some point in the year. Yeah, I, um, I, I can imagine it would make the ratings probably stay or stay a little more uh, in line. There wouldn't be as much fluctuation, yeah. and we probably yeah. wouldn't have that like, oh, international airings happen in summer before we even get it so yeah i'm kind of hopeful that it is going to be all 44 episodes but you know we won't know until we yeah. see next year because uh, i mean they <laughs> yeah. haven't even started filming yet which is also the, right. the big crazy thing it's like you know we're saying all this but they've not even filmed a bit of it yeah <laughs> so oh, the spoilers <laughs> shh, shh. We, no such thing. There's not in this fandom. Never. <laughs> there's never leaks. There's never. Yeah. No, not not in Power Rangers. <laughs> how how mm -hmm. dare you, Kevin? Anyway, uh, so I mean, again, just we'll keep an eye on this, kind of see what it gets said. Uh, I would be really happy if we went to back to that one year of like having just one show, and it's not like at this point we don't have enough Super Sentai's backlogged that we could do this and still be behind and still have buffers. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like you know i i think we're good um so with that said we'll kind of move on to the actual show uh beast morphers a new episode aired today october 3rd uh this is season two episode 11 the greater good yes uh, and this one I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie i was a little surprised by uh okay because so, a lot of this one revolves around the character captain chaku who is introduced oh, yeah. last episode I'm just like, wow, they, they kept him around for two episodes. I'm, I'm surprised. Normally they would have burned that in one and been like, goodbye, see you later. Um, mm -hmm. But so this was kind of, uh, and what I liked about this, and so not, not to take this over myself, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy this episode. I really thought it was kind of a nice little sweet one. Um, mm -hmm. Very Power Rangers and how it uh, handled things. Um, but yeah. uh it's really focused on Captain Chaku and kind of his moral dilemma uh, because it introduces this idea of uh, Grid Battle Force wanting to recruit him to the team. We find yeah. out he has a family, and then there's kind of that the Rangers are like, hey, maybe don't stay with us, go home to your family. Um, and there are other complications within that, but like that's kind of the big plot point of it. Um, the other is that we handle the character Rijack and he has taken off the board. <laughs> yep. Uh, they ran out of that footage. Yep. 
no more footage for him, so he's got to go. Uh, but <laughs> overall, I, I really thought this one was a really good episode. I think the like emotional part of it with Captain Chaku was well done. It, you know, if a little, mm-hmm. a, a little, not subtle at all. They they really like hammered it home. Um, but I, and I I do yeah. think what I think one of the things this episode does well also is it keeps planting those seeds for the crossover that we know is coming. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they let's have Rijak's reanimator toy now. They can now do that on their own. And it's just, it's mm-hmm. moving the pieces forward. Um, I did like the fact that this episode also kind of gave uh, the villains a win. Like, they actually were incompetent. They were kind of the ones who were on top of things, and Rijak was mm-hmm. the one getting manipulated. Um, so it was kind of yeah. nice for them to get a win for once, because uh, yeah. that does not happen very often. So yeah, what no, did you say, Kevin? <laughs> Um, you know, for a for the part two of the Rijak arc, um, I think it was really well done and it was paced really well too. Yeah. One thing that I'm really enjoying about Beast Morphers that I've realized, um, and this is kind of similar to um what you were mentioning earlier, is that the pacing is a lot better in this season, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like I think Di- Dino Charge has been doing okay on pacing, I feel like, with my rewatch, but like when I watch Mega Force and Samurai, like that pacing was everywhere. Like it was bam, 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 bam. But we had some nice moments here. Um, I think the storyline of Chaku and Starlight, his daughter was a really good storyline. Um, I think what I liked about it too was it also kind of helped develop Nate out a little more. Like he he had mentioned about his family always traveling and we, we got to see a little bit of that. But I did think it was nice for him to tie in his storyline and be like, no, your daughter misses you. You shouldn't force yourself to stay here if you don't have to yeah um i did think it was a little messed up that you know chaku had done these cyborg implants um and it was a good way of like building his character with somebody that he believes in sacrificing for the greater good um but it was still it was a little jarring i was like oh that's that's very that's kind of dark like <laughs> yeah when they when they um, kind of remove his helmet i was like oh we we paid an actor okay sure <laughs> yeah although i think part of me feels like i need to look it up if the actor actually voiced chaku like in the ro- in the ro- robot suit because there were some lip movements i saw that I, and it might have just been because i was streaming through direct tv and you know yeah um, well no it i might was have thinking that. the same thing because i kind of was getting a you know a james navarro from dino supercharge and i was like did they overdub him like they did that actor <laughs> yeah so it, it could be that but yeah. um but yeah i thought it was a good story overall and it actually had some really nice emotional beats to it and they they paced it out well done um there was sentai footage so that was great um i know beast morphers is actually not used that much in certain episodes so it was nice to see that yeah it was also interesting they they did a good job of matching this episode i thought like mm-hmm. I mean, they did yeah it wasn't uh, always did. great it wasn't always seamless but i, I think they did a yeah. pretty good job of matching sentai footage yeah. pretty well yeah they did and they did a really good job of like with both of the fights <laughs> <laughs> Like under when they're underground, like the putties and the Vi- and the Vivix are there, and so they blast them, and then all of a sudden you get the Sentai footage. Like they did a good job of transitioning that. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. Um, and also I just thought it was funny when they had him like pull out the reanimizer, and he's like, "Okay, time to get some you know baddies to fight you," and then like they knock it out, and he's like, "Oh no, my reanimizer." Anyway. Um, yeah, we never see it hit the ground though. That was the one thing I was like, well, yeah. it, just, it just flew." I'm like, "Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right." um yeah so overall it was a very good episode i i do think that um 
Beast Morphers continues to really shine. Um, and I know there's some things that it has its problems, but Beast Morphers is like really breaking into my top 10, I think. Like, I think it's going to be in my top 10 favorites. Yeah, I mean, it's really been solid. Um, I will say kind of the one thing I had a problem with was the Megazord fight. Um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's the Sentai, you can't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, a lot of it does fall in the Sentai. I, I do like the fact that the, when Rijak grew himself and made himself large, there was a moment with the Rangers of them being like, oh, we don't we don't fight monsters that yeah. do that. <laughs> it, was, it was weird. So one thing that always happens is after a robot season where like they have a giant robot or like, you know, they do something like this, not the monster. It always throws me off because like it felt weird seeing a giant monster again. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Because whenever like, they did the shot of him like in the city, I was like, oh, right. We don't we don't have them this season. That doesn't happen. I, I, you know, yeah. It took me a moment to um, to remember that and realize kind of what the issue mm -hmm. was. Uh, mm -hmm. But like I, I my my only other problem with like the like the Megazord fight was just like it was very quickly like we were in the Ultrazord, Ultrazord was there, Ultrazord got beat, and then we had uh, Chaku yeah. show up with the with the worst named thing I've ever heard in the world, the Reptilozord. I'm like, <laughs> you couldn't like you could come up with a better name, just call it like the Dragon Ship or something. Like it, I don't know, it was a that was a really bad name. I was like, hey, um, but. Yeah, uh, I what, will. Hmm? I was gonna say, I will say one of my favorite moments though did come from the growing scene when he grew giant, um, because one of the things that we've talked about before and I always enjoy is when we get the big nods. Obviously, Putties, Vivix, you know, older monsters returning, um, all that fun stuff. But I always love when we get those world building nods where like they just gently acknowledge, like they don't necessarily you know overtly make a big deal about it. But um, whenever he got the gigantified device out like did you catch what he said where you got it no i didn't i know I, I heard it but i was like i don't know what that's referencing my power ranger so, knowledge is not deep enough what is that what is that a so, reference to or he said he found it in the ruins of andresia which is orion's home planet from super mega force okay so see that made okay. me happy like because I always enjoy those little deep cuts that like, you know, they don't have to be overt and like they don't point out and say, look at this. See, like they didn't have to be like, I found it from the Silver Super Mega Forces Ranger Homeworld. Like, yeah, I always enjoy those things. Like, that's why I loved like when SPD talked about like KO35 or they went to Onyx, like yeah. little things like that always make me happy because it it's world building and it there's a whole universe out there that I think the writers sometimes tend to ignore, but when they actively use it and they use it right it works and that yeah and that, i think that's been a thing beast morphers has done a really good job with yeah whatever i heard the name i was like that has to be something but i, I, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know what planet that is yeah that's well, cool yeah, <laughs> that... to be to be fair they've also introduced random planets before like sentai 6 and hey, uh we gotta have them references in come on now. i know i know but no it makes sense but yeah i i enjoyed that as a small little nod i always enjoy those nods so that's just me yeah i was it was for a second when he reached behind him though i wanted it to be one of lord zed's bombs i really did that for, would like, the, that would have been really cool too for like the hottest of second i was like "Ooh!" i was like please do it please do the thing but like then he pulled out that other device so i was like all right sure i guess that's yeah. a reference to something i don't know but yeah a, a missed opportunity a, a missed opportunity like but I, they did they got halfway there like i'm fine with it they it was a reference to power rangers regardless um and I, and I do think overall this was a really solid episode. Again, like, it, it, 
I'm surprised this wasn't all handled in one episode because I feel like previous seasons would have done that. Like we would have had Rijak introduced and killed in the same episode, and Captain Chaku would have been gone as well. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So overall, really well handled. I'm excited to kind of see where we go because I know we're still like two episodes away from the crossover, right? Um. Yes, I believe so. So I mean, we've still got a bit to go, and like they've, like it feels like we could already like jump from now right into the crossover but i like the fact that we're still going to be building up to it um and i can't Mm -hmm. wait to see kind of what they do with the villains and going forward um yeah that was not the only thing this week that released that we're going to talk about uh yeah mighty morphin power rangers issue 54 came out this week this past wednesday uh the title for the issue is a new evil um and it was Mm -hmm. written by ryan parrott with art by moises hirago Letters by Ed Dukeshire, with colors by Igor Monti, with color assistance by Sabrina Del Grosso. Uh, and so what did you think of this issue, Kevin? So I I enjoyed it. I think this the one thing about um, this arc that we're really seeing and that I'm really enjoying is that it's a slow build. Like, it's a slow burn. You know, Ryan was not kidding when he said that it was a slow burn. Um, I thought it was... It was really good to set up the Imperials because we already know that um, they have the power to destroy an emissary, which takes a lot to do. You know, yeah. they're pretty they're pretty powerful. Um, but yeah, I thought it was it was very interesting. It's definitely setting the stage overall for Power Rangers for the Omega Rangers focus series um, to launch in a couple of months, and I I'm curious to see where it goes. Um, the action beats were really good. Again, it was very, I mean, it was very dark for Power Rangers. Like, it was yeah. very much, the show would not get away with that. Um, I did like some of the teases that I think we're going to see, because at one point, the Imperial mentions that he knew the original Omega Rangers. And so we don't know much about the Omega Ranger powers, except that they were around thousands of years ago. Yeah. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see if they actually elaborate on the original Omegas, which... We know how Ryan writes. Ryan will not put something in there if he doesn't intend to use it later on or if it doesn't have a meaning. Um, So I think it's going to be interesting to see if we get, like, the history of the Omega Rangers and what they were. Um, But it was also interesting because he had said, like, at at some point you will come to work with me and, like, you will understand. So I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means we could expect. Um, But I do think that there's a lot happening in this issue and it was a good issue overall it's definitely setting the stage and clearing the board in some ways yeah well and and so i I think it was interesting like i saw online that ryan was like apologizing for the issue and i was like i don't i don't think he needs to apologize like i think i think what the the only problem that this kind of like these last five issues of the series kind of face is the fact that they are the end of the series and we have this relaunch coming and i think there's a lot of anticipation of what that would mean um and i do like the fact that like you said this is kind of not only is it kind of a setup arc but a lot of this is just building putting building blocks in place so that Mm -hmm. when the two series launch we're kind of have a launch pad for where we're going um i agree i really do like the imperials they're an interesting villain um another thing that was said by them that was brought up in this fight is that the imperials work for someone we don't know who they work for, but they reference mm-hmm. having a master. So there is another yeah. character out there that we will probably be introduced to in the Power Ranger series going forward. Um, right. 
and I and, and I do want to say like this issue I think a lot of it is just an action issue it is really just a fight scene between the Omega Rangers and the Imperial yeah. um, but what I like about it and what Ryan again this is like one of Ryan's strengths is he does a really good job of even in a fight scene building character there are character yeah. beats with Zach with Trini with Jason mm -hmm. um, and it, it informs kind of what their mission is going to be going forward, but it also informs who their character is. Um, so for like instance, uh, you know, at the end of the issue, once the Rangers have managed to escape, um, you know, near a near death battle, um, you know, Trini's on the ship. She's reassuring the people there that, that they, you know, this Imperial will not hurt anyone else. They'll have to go through right. the Mega Rangers. You yeah. know, Zach has that moment with the child that he was playing with in the like uh, issue 52, mm -hmm. uh, you mm -hmm. know, comforting her. And then Jason, you know, has this moment of like, we don't know what we're facing. We we need to go back to Zordon. You know, you know, we're not retiring. Yeah. Uh, it was just a really nice, yeah. I think, you know, again, we've talked about a lot. Ryan's really strength in writing this series has been just what he's able to do with characters and the way he's able mm -hmm. to not only have these characters, these intimate moments, these kind of lighthearted moments, but also like just mm -hmm. build these characters in every interaction that they have. Yeah. So it's very good. Um, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I know the scene when they're on the ship and, like, you can tell that each of them are affected. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's interesting to see where the Omega Rangers started because at the start of this arc, they were like, we're going home. Like, we're excited to go home. We're excited to keep going, you know, to retire, basically. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. But, yeah, it's definitely, like, seeing Trini, like, visibly shaken because she already, I think, was she got a lot of development in the last arc anyway, where she was like, no, I'm not here to talk. I'm here to just, I'm here to defeat Shakia. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a great moment. Um, I definitely think that, because one of the things that we are kind of thinking will happen that we've talked about is that, you know, the Rangers are going to be rebelling against Zordon. They're going to do their own thing. They're obviously going to get Draken to come join them somehow. Um, so it begs the question of how that will happen. And I think that we're seeing the first steps. I can definitely see Jason, Trini, and Zach being like, no, we've seen what's going on. We have to go stop it. And Zordon's probably going to try and stop them and say, no, you can't. Yeah, I, that's what I'm kind of, I'm curious what the conflict will be, kind of what we're heading towards and yeah. building up. Um, yeah. I'm... Also, I want to highlight, um, like, before we move on, I, I really do want to highlight Moises Hidalgo's art. Um, yes. It, it is... Um, it is different than, than what we've kind of had before, but I think what he does, what one of his strengths in like these last couple issues has shown is he's really good with action. Um, and I mm -hmm. like kind of what he was able to do with the Imperial, who is a character who has like four different arms and kind of doesn't have a mm -hmm. face. Like even mm -hmm. without the face, we're still able to get kind of like not only kind of his, uh, not emotion, but what, what his emphasis and kind of what his what his speech is yeah. like and how he moves with his arms mm -hmm. um, yeah. and then like things like the being able to turn the asteroid into like arms that grip jason that was really cool the way moises yeah. drew that uh, and i just I, it's really well done um mm -hmm. I, I i hope he comes back to the series i hope he does more with power rangers because i think he would do really well oh um, yeah and also again i want another one i want to highlight is ed dukeshire's work with the letterers because uh the Imperials have a specific text and speech bubble to them, mm -hmm. which is like uh, is you know unique to them and like uh, sets them apart immediately in this world just because they their way mm -hmm. they talk looks different. Yeah, uh, and I also kind of you know uh, keeping with the team and kind of highlighting the colors. This issue, you know, it's 
you know, it is different. Like the way this one is colored is different than the Mighty Morphin mm-hmm. Power Rangers Adventures. It has, you know, not only were they because they were on a planet that has literally like been destroyed and is on fire, and most of it is like in reds and oranges, you know, but it still has this look. It feels otherworldly. You know, it feels dire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mm-hmm. think both Igor and Sabrina did a really great job in coloring this issue. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I agree. Um, did you also catch something that we hadn't, we hadn't, we didn't know was a thing, but we had, t- they hinted at, did you catch it? That they, we have an Omega Megazord? Yep. I I feel like we knew that, but we've still, we still don't know what that looks like. Um, I'm curious, can they still form it without Kaya being there? I'm, assume, I'm assuming they'll pull like a remote control or something like that. Kind of like they did with season three of the Top and Sword. Yeah. I'm just, I'm curious what that'll kind of, how they'll, rectify that issue i mean we also kind of we we did see those one teases where a fourth member was part of it so i'll i'm curious if we won't see a recruitment of a fourth member eventually i Um, think we will yeah there may be someone at sanctuary that's willing to step up and they want to fight yeah well and and i'm willing to bet like one of the cruxes of you know speculating now uh i'm betting the crux of them fighting the imperials is that there has to be four members because you have to have those four yeah. elements in order to be able to stop whatever is happening. Um, yeah. Cause I bet that would make a lot of sense. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I think this sets up a really interesting dynamic for the Omega Rangers. Um, it also, mm-hmm. it gives them a different mission. It gives them a different scope to work with. Um, whereas like yeah. the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are very specifically earth-based, earthbound. They deal with whatever, whatever threat is coming to earth. The Omega mm-hmm. Rangers are being set up to handle Mm-hmm. universal threats uh yep. you know galactic threats um and i'm yeah. curious you know with it you know with the imperial stating that they're going to destroy thousands of planets you know that mm-hmm. that puts a lot of you know potential you know historical power ranger markers you know like ko35 can be brought up you know mm-hmm. we could see onyx we could see you know doggy kruger's planet we could see orion's yeah. planet even come under threat uh, yeah a lot of seeds that we can plant just mm-hmm. going forward so I, i'm really excited to see what yeah. this looks like going yeah. forward yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if we see ko35 oh yeah like i feel like you like, it's there like i, I definitely yeah. think we'll see well and timeline wise i mean we're almost to the space rangers like i i could see the makings of like ko35 because at this point andrew should be a teenager still yeah um so yeah i don't know we'll see um it'll be interesting i think we're gonna have a good opportunity to see some of the threats i could even see like they fight the machine empire and then the machine empire is like hmm maybe we should go to earth yeah or or even like you know coming across diva talks and her crew or you know yeah coming across dark specters forces and like a, yeah. a in training astronomer like there, yeah. there's there's so much out there that they can play with and you know we we also know that like whatever we know <laughs> astronomer at some point puts Grum in charge of the planet that ultimately destroys mm-hmm. Doggy Kruger's world. So, you mm-hmm. know, we could see that even like the Omega Rangers getting tickled. There's so much that could be done with that. Um, exactly. So definitely. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, so uh, any last thoughts on the issue? So final thoughts on the issue. Hmm. Um, no, I mean, I think it's a good setup issue. Like it was mostly action, which was to be expected. Um, I, am very curious to see what the finale is going to look like because we do have the next issue will be the dark rangers terror zords versus the thunder zords yeah um i don't know what's going to happen you know will we see the well, omegas come 
but we know this is the first issue appearance of the new Green Ranger, and we know true. the title. Um, so Comicsology has posted the cover, um, and the covers for these last five issues have had the titles like splashed across them. Um, and the title for issue fifty-five is Second Chance. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That can mean a lot of things. Um, I mean, a bunch of people immediately leapt to like, oh, it means Strack gets the Green Ranger. And I'm like, uh, not inherently. Like, like, I feel like we've had enough hints that that's not the case. No, it's uh, not. So, I mean, I think a lot of second chances probably can mean can mean so many things, especially in the situation that the Rangers are in. So, um, yeah. I'll be excited to see kind of how this all wraps up. Uh, and just to kind of give everyone an idea, issue 55 will release on October 21st. Mm-hmm. And then the next issue will be, or we'll be getting Draken New Dawn issue number three, releasing on October twenty eighth. Um, so, yes. as always, we encourage you to hit up your local comic book stores if you don't have these as a pull list. If you don't have these on, you know, some kind of order, I would highly encourage you to do so. Um, I, I bet fifty five sells out. Oh yeah, guaranteed. Not only is it the final issue of a series that's gone on for this long, but it's also introducing a new Green Ranger, which, like, if you're not aware, comic book market will lose their minds and people will buy this issue that aren't even reading the series. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely yeah, make sure you've be. got these on a pull list. Um, and I'm yeah. willing to bet Dragon New Dawn 3 also has some pretty big reveals, so I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if that also has mm-hmm. some stuff in store. So definitely yeah. encourage, support your local comic book stores. Um mm-hmm. Because they definitely will need, they need the business, bring it to them. <laughs> exactly. So to kind of move on to the next part, uh, Lightning Collection, our favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> Except there's not much to talk about this week. <laughs> hey, no leaks, at least, you know, knock on wood. They, yeah. As far as we know. <laughs> there's been some decoding, I think, but we'll save that for another day. Yeah, until we have confirmation of stuff. Um, but uh yeah. If you have the Dino Thunder White Ranger, the helmets, the replacement helmets from Hasbro are arriving in America. Both Kevin and I have gotten ours. Yes. And if you have not done so, all you have to do is if you purchase the Dino Thunder White Ranger from Walgreens, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you go onto Hasbro's uh, consumer care website. um, You can either speak with a live representative or I just sent the email because it was easier for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I prefer not to talk with people directly. <laughs> uh, so it's really simple. They ask you to confirm like numbers that are on the figure and on the box. And then they'll give mm-hmm. you a case number and have you write that on a piece of paper and take a picture. And then you're good. Um, they'll send you a replacement helmet. No charge to you. It comes in a little package. Um, and you'll be set. Mm-hmm. And so... Moving on to kind of like the last half of our episode, it's all going to be about Renegade. Uh, Renegade Game Studios has been making some major moves, and they've had a mm-hmm. bunch of announcements, and there's a lot coming up for them. Um, the big thing that we want to start off with is Renegade this past week announced a new partnership with Hasbro. Uh, yes. And what this means is Renegade Games will now have licenses for multiple IPs from Hasbro, including Power Rangers, G.I. Joe, My Little Pony, Transformers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and they're, what this means is Renegade is going to be able to begin developing new games for all of these series. Um, and the, within this, they announced uh, that we will be getting a 5th edition compatible Power Rangers role-playing game. And that they confirmed that there will be a Power Rangers deck-building game 
and they will be demoing that virtually at Renegade Con, which we'll talk about in a bit, and also at the Renegade uh, Morph and Meet virtual event that they'll be doing as well. Um, and these will be set to hit shelves in Q2 of 2021. So yep. lots of news in that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's amazing news for them because Renegade is just getting handed the keys to very popular, very very prominent IP, like not just Power Rangers. I know, I know we focus on Power Rangers a lot, but people need to remember that like Transformers in itself is a huge deal. Same for My Little Pony. Same for even GI Joe. GI Joe is making a lot of resurgence. I feel like in recent years. Yeah. Um. But it's definitely exciting. Um, I think for Renegade, they've made games for years, of course. They've they've gotten a ton of games they've released, but I think this is going to give them more opportunity to really build themselves up in the board game industry even further and really become a pretty powerful company, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I, I think, it, you know, if, you, if you've if you not um, dealt with Renegade at all, if you're not playing the Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid game, you've probably not really gotten a chance to interact with them. They're really yeah. great people. They're wonderful. They're, mm-hmm. it, they're it's passionate. Like a, yeah, it's a very small team, it seems like, but they, they're really passionate about what they do and everything they do, they put a lot of heart and time into. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited to what they could be able to bring to these other IPs as well. I mean, just looking at what they did with Heroes of the Grid um, and kind yeah. of even the other stuff that they're building for Power Rangers, it's it's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely, like, yeah. if you're a fan of those other properties, keep an eye out on what they're doing and keep an eye yeah. on those products because I, I bet they'll be great. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure too from the press release, um, the deck builder for Power Rangers, they also mentioned deck builders for the Hasbro properties. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if these will all be compatible with each other. I could see Hasbro doing that. Of like, hey, maybe, you know, little brother and sister, like one could play with, like the little sister could play with Power Rangers and the little brother could play with My Little Pony, like, like you know, doing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like, I think that could be something that we could see very easily. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um yeah, um, how are you feeling about the deck builder? How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I'm not shocked. I mean, you and I had already kind of deduced that <laughs> that was likely going to be what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious what that looks like. Um, yeah. I, my experience with deck builders is like, I, I've only really ever played like one or two. Um, my husband mm-hmm. has like a Resident Evil one that we've played. Um, and, they're, and they're fine. It is just a thing of like, you have to learn the system. And then it, there's always that like yeah. learning curve to them. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll be curious what this looks like. Yeah. Um, and again, like you said, if there is kind of something built into it to where it could be molded to each of the IPs and you could like switch mm-hmm. and swap between them. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's it's going to be interesting. I think for a non-tabletop game like Heroes of the Grid, a deck builder makes sense for Power Rangers. Like, yeah. it just does. I know I tampered with, um, or not tampered, I guess I trifled. I don't know. What's a good word to use? I like toyed around with the idea. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, but I, I like planned out and mapped out, like for me, because I love deck building games. I always enjoy them. They're always fun. It's You get the the best parts of a card game yeah. without having to go out and buy and build like the best deck possible. Like it's, it's great. I love it. Um, but I remember like I experimented and toyed with the idea of a deck builder, but it was more based around villains and like recruiting um, monsters and foot soldiers into your army and then using them to defeat Rangers. Like I, that's what I experimented with. 
because um, the basic idea of deck builders, for those that don't know, is that you have a common shared pool of cards that you can buy, recruit, and get as resources, and then there's going to be enemies that you have to defeat somehow. Um, so I could very well see this being like you are a morphing master and you have to recruit rangers to defeat monsters that go up on the field and then go from there. I could see that being a thing. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, like obviously, I think the big plus for this as far as Renegade is this is also going to let them be able to expand across the Power Ranger line because in the deck building game, you can have Rangers from across the series. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be whole, solely like Mighty Morphin focused. And yeah. it allows them to sidestep, I think, kind of the... I don't want to call it an issue with Heroes of the Grid, but like it's something that comes up every time there's a new stream about Heroes of the Grid. It's like, well, when are we going to do X season? And it's like, well, these things oh. take time. <laughs> oh, the entitlement? Yeah, the the entitlement in the constant like request, like we we know that they're trying to do as many ranger teams as possible with Heroes of the Grid, but mm. I think a deck building game allows them to kind of sidestep. I, I think the development that the yeah. kind of development hurdles that Heroes of the Grid has, you can you don't have that here. You can just be like, sure, uh, Jungle Fury Purple is part of this. He's the Jungle yeah. Fury Wolf Ranger is part of this. You know, uh, yeah. Mercury Ranger from Operation Overdrive, Titanium Ranger, uh, Quantum Ranger. You can just throw them all in there. Why not? Yeah. Uh, Season so, two Dark Ranger. Yeah, exactly. Like all of that can be put in there. Yeah. Uh, what I'm excited to see too, though, is like uh, I want to see the art because uh, you know yeah. we, we know they have like some kind of deal with Dan Mora. Like Dan loves Maybe. drawing. Stuff, so <laughs> I would love to see. I, I hope we yeah. for Dan Mora art. Like you know. Yeah. They have Dan on retainer. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, they, and they've got like a really good staple of artists because I even like a, uh, uh, Keth Lobo. I think it was a Kate Lobo. I can't remember what the artist's mm -hmm. name. The one that did like uh, the Machine Empire and is doing a lot of the newer expansions. She does really great art as well. So I mean, I mm -hmm. would. They've got a good set of artists. So I'm really excited to see what this kind of will bring forward. Uh, the other part of it that I think kind of got buried in the lead of us all was the uh, we're getting a fifth edition compatible power rangers role-playing game like yeah what <laughs> be still my heart like i'm so excited <laughs> like yeah. i'm sitting here like what what does this mean do we do we play as like the power rangers as they are or do we get to build our own team like what yeah. is this like i um and you know people have spoke up they they, they you know have issues with the fact that it's going to be built off the fifth edition of D and D system. Um, but I mean, it makes sense because that is also something that Hasbro has control over. So, mm -hmm. you know, building more things that build off of that, I think is really smart. Yeah. So I, I'm excited well, to see what it'll be. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Hasbro, let's be real here. Hasbro has been a company in existence for many years now. They've worked with many IPs. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They know that by announcing a 5e Power Rangers compatible game, that they are swooping up Power Rangers and D&D nerds all alike. They're all being picked up in a heartbeat. They're even going to get D&D fans that maybe haven't watched Power Rangers in a while. And then, like, it's a perfect, I don't want to say bait <laughs> to trap people to buy it, but it, it's a smart decision because they're going to hit so many different parties. And, like, imagine, yeah. like, a, imagine, like, a 10 year old kid that gets from christmas a fifth edition power ranger set and then they realize oh there's a game beyond this and then they get into D D, and so they're buying D D material and like it's you know i know that people say that hasbro doesn't care that they're just a corporation and they are a corporation um but they also care i want to put that out there just as a heads up but all that to yeah. say like they're making a very smart decision by doing this because it's going to generate traffic in different directions towards D D and also the power rangers well yeah and i also it's you know 
Renegade has experience creating their own role-playing games because, I mean, they've got, um, like, the Kids on the Bike series that they've done, mm-hmm. um, and that's had different offshoots, like Kids on Brooms. Like, they've done mm-hmm. different ones, so they've yeah. got experience in this realm, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what they'll do with it. And, I mean, they've said it's 5th edition compatible. That means there may be, like, stuff that is specialized for Power Rangers in that. Uh, but I'm just I'm really excited to see what this will look like um, and if we won't be able to kind of, like... Uh, see an upcropping of like power ranger role-playing game streams because i would love that personally i want to mm-hmm. see everyone creating their own power ranger team and telling their own power ranger-esque stories uh it's just, mm-hmm. it's just gonna be a really cool thing i'm excited about that yeah um so overall i'm just I, you know really happy for renegade games i think it's this is a really great step for them i think it's really cool it's a really great achievement and i can't wait to see what they're able to put out for not only power rangers but for all these other brands like we said Mm -hmm. um so keeping in the realm of renegade games they've had a bunch of announcements so obviously um you know big thing um, rise of the psycho rangers kickstarters will hopefully within the next week or two be showing up so if you've been part of that keep an eye out for like tracking numbers um but also, the pre-order campaign for the next wave of products for Heroes of the Grid will begin on October 13th. So, yes. Um, they've revamped the entire Power Rangers Hero of the Grid website. Um, and come October 13th, that is where you'll be able to access the uh, pre-order campaign for all of the new mm-hmm. items that are coming out. Um, and mm-hmm. that's including the Squat and Babu pack, the Legendary Ranger Forever Ranger pack, and the Villain pack as well. So definitely keep your eye out for that. Put in your pre-order. I'm sure they'll start to reveal some new stuff and kind of uh, what the special order items will be for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep an eye out on that. Well, with that yeah. said, uh, Renegade also has two virtual panels coming up. Uh, the first of which, which is going to be their Fall Renegade Con, which will be happening on, on October 9th through 11th. Um, this is mm-hmm. free online. You can register for it um, and to get announcements and reminders. Um, mm-hmm. And there are also going to be like multiple waves of re- registration. So mm-hmm. there's like different panels and different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of what they operate through is uh, through YouTube and through Discord. Um, so you can also join their Renegade Discord. Um, yeah. So just kind of keep an eye out. Um, they'll probably make more announcements of schedules. I know that I think they have, if you look at their YouTube already, they have little channels for each of the panels um, already created. So if you're kind of wanting to keep an eye on one or have a link ready, um, definitely search those out. Yeah. Um, have you have you already registered for both of them? Yes. Okay, cool. Which waves did you get? Uh, I don't remember. I'd you're fine. I, so I just registered this morning. Um, so I'm in wave one for Morphin Meet, and then I'm in wave two for Renegade Con. So. Yeah, I, I'd have to look. I don't even remember. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's I, fine. And then, uh, so obviously, Renegade Con will be October 9th through 11th. And I know there's like the big panel with uh, um, Scott Gaeta, and he'll be mm-hmm. kind of talking about the announcements. And I think that's when we'll formally get more information about the Power Rangers deck building game. Um, and I know they've said they, they will be demoing it there as well. So keep an eye out for that kind of schedule. Um, the other, other opportunity that you'll get to demo kind of things and get more information about the Power Rangers side of the Renegade offering mm-hmm. is going to be at the Morphin Meet which is on October 23rd through the 25th. Um, we've already kind of announced kind of what those are. They're going to have, you know, Power Ranger actors that are doing panels. 
uh, Jonathan Ying will be doing a panel. Dan Mora will be doing a panel. Uh, Terry Latorco. Like, they've got yep. all kinds of panels for this that are Power Ranger-centric. Um, they will also be at this, like, for those three days, they'll be doing uh, demos online of the Power Rangers deck-building game. Um, mm-hmm. For that, you have to have an account with uh, Tabletopia, uh, which mm-hmm. is a free offering. Um, and you also have to be part of the Renegade Games Discord. So if you want to take part in that, definitely encourage you to go ahead and get that set up. Also, yep. kind of keep an eye out for these <laughs> panels. You know, I'm sure Kevin and I are going to try to get in on these demos. Uh, yes. So, but, you know, there are a lot of things coming up for Renegade, so definitely keep an eye out. Uh, stay on top of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we'll try to announce things and keep reminders as well through, like, our Twitter. So definitely yeah, keep an eye out be- as well. Yep, it'll be great. Definitely. Uh, so I guess that kind of wraps things up for now. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot is coming down the pike. Uh, we've got a lot of things coming up, especially with Renegade. I think they're kind of the next big wave for Power Rangers after, you know, Hasbro mm-hmm. PulseCon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited to see what the future holds for them. Uh, but Agreed. If you want to uh, contact the podcast or reach out with us, you can reach us on Twitter at MayThePowerPod. Or if you want to send us an email, you know, with comments, suggestions, uh, things we need to change, or discussion topics, well, we're always happy to hear from y'all. Our email is MayThePowerPod at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to reach me, you can reach me on social media at ThespisPunk. Where can they find you, Kevin? You can find me at BridgeMT3. And with that, that'll wrap up our show for today. As always, may the power protect you. you.